episode 29 of Sweet Tea and D&D. I'm here with my co-host Zach, who always wants his name said every episode, and I'm Jamie. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It makes me feel included. It does. We take care of your insecurities. Thank you. I needed that. Uh, today, I am talking about a disgusting monster. Hey. It is. Look it's at got this. majestic saggy titties. It has large tracts of land. Huge um, tracts of land. Sprawly. Um, it's called a Neperibo. Neperibo. Before we get started, though. What? I don't want to. This is such a freaking setup. So we have been <laughs> saying in the past few episodes that we were going to have a contest to see who had the better doodles and whoever had the most votes would win. However, none of our loyal listeners stepped up to the plate to vote for any of us. I was the only one who cast a vote, and I casted it for you. But I thought that your last two drawings were so much better than mine. So I'll take it. It prevents me from doing this. Crack that son of a bitch open. All right, let's see. I don't break a nail while I'm doing this. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God. Enjoy. This is a Arizona Southern style. Southern. Real brewed sweet tea. I don't believe the I real believe part. this is all lies. It's a natural flavors. You can't. <laughs> you can't. I don't know what that is. It's not normal. It smells like can, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Sippy, sippy. Shall we read the ingredients for fun? Oh. Do you want me to read the ingredients? I bet you'd sound a lot smarter. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> tea. Premium brewed blend of black teas using filtered water, high fructose corn syrup, citric acid, and natural flavors. Mm. I'm consuming the delicious McAllister sweet tea. Which has all unnatural flavors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just They're kidding. They're all fake. I'm just kidding. We love you, McAllister's. Please sponsor us. Uh, mm. So are you ready to talk about your... Neparibo. Neparibo. While sipping on that sweet juice. Oh, yes. The nectar of the devils. Um, <laughs> so no soul is turned away from the nine hells, but the truly worthless, those whose evil acts in life arose from carelessness and sloth more than anything else, are suited are suitable only to become Neparibos. These pitiful creatures shuffle mindlessly across the landscape, blind, bloated from unquenchable hunger, and groping for whatever scraps of fetid matter or swarming vermin they can scoop into their groaning mouths. Individually, Neparibos are pathetic, but they're rarely alone and can be dangerous when gathered into packs. They herd together into throngs that can clog a vital passage or an entire valley. Clouds of stinging insects, surges, and other vermin surround them in a terrifying, reeking sheath that torments any non-devil that draws near. That sounds gross. Um, a Neparibo knows nothing but the hunger that propels it on a blind quest for anything to devour. Once it senses a potential meal, it pursues that prey tirelessly until the food is consumed, the Neparibo is slain, or some other morsel co- uh, crosses the fiend's path and distracts it. With no interest of its own beyond the need to consume, a Neparibo obeys unthinkingly any command it receives telepathically from another devil. This blind loyalty makes them the easiest of infernal troops to lead into battle, but their presence in a legion does nothing to elevate its general status. Poor little bastard. Oh. I mean, little is not the word you'd use for these. It's... It's just a medium fiend, so it's the size of your average person, but... Oh, no. 
It's oh no! It's huge. Hunky, hunk, not hunky, chunky. Very, very chunky. Robust. Uh, there is some more uh, flavor text at the bottom that says a lemur, a lemur emerges. Lemur. It's weird. Whatever. A lemur emerges from the sticks, wiped of memory. Yet uh, the patterns of evil it performed in life remain indelibly inscribed upon its soul. Those who lacked ambition cannot climb the hierarchical ladder of the hells. They instead step down, becoming neparibos. Oh, it's a lemur that didn't go very far. That's sad. Aww. Okay. Hell's rough, guys. I guess so. Hell's hell's rough. It's bad, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they get legs at least. Um they're a medium fiend, devil, they're lawful evil. They have a natural armor of thirteen. They have eleven up to eighteen hit points and a speed of twenty feet. They have a strength of sixteen a dex of 11, a con of 13, an intelligence of 3. That's a negative 4 modifier. So stupid. (laughs) A wisdom of 8 and a negative 1, and a charisma of 1 with a negative 5. So sexy. So easily controlling the masses with its charisma. I just... Is there a stank factor? um, It has... Okay, so let me finish its skills. It has a perception of plus 1. It's damage resistances... Are pretty impressive. It's acid, cold, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks that aren't silvered. And then its damage immunities are fire and poisoned. The condition immunities are blinded, charmed, frightened, poisoned. It has blind sight to 10 feet and is blind beyond that with a passive perception of 11. It understands infernal, but it cannot speak. It is a challenge rating of one half at 100 XP. So this is like a horde monster. This is probably definitely a horde monster. Because like it said in the flavor text, they're when they're by themselves, they're not much to look at. But if you have a I bunch mean, of them. they're not much to look at now. That, um, it's with like clog valleys. They can clog a vital passage or an entire valley. Oh, damn. And a lot of them would do that. I mm, guess so. Mm-mm. They would just be mm. hard mm-mm. to deal with. And they're <laughs> immune with fire, so you can't clear them with fireball. No. You can't literally kill it with fire. Bummer. Very much. Um, so their attacks are, one. the first one's called Cloud of Vermin. Any creature other than a devil that starts his turn within 20 feet of the Nebaribo must make a DC 11 con save. A creature within the areas of two or more Nebaribos makes saving throw with disadvantage. On a failure, the creature takes two or one D4 piercing damage. Hello. That was a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then it says, hunger-driven in the nine hells, Neparibos can flawlessly track any creature that has taken damage from any Neparibos cloud of vermin attack within the previous 24 hours. Oh, fuck. And it has a bite action, a melee weapon attack with a plus five to hit and a reach of five feet on one target. A hit does six or up to nine piercing damage. Hmm. So I, I was just wondering, like, it has a blind sight of, like, ten, or blind sight of ten feet. Yeah. And out of that, it's blind. I was like, how does it follow anything if it can't figure it? But I guess it has to have like a little rat bite something first. And then it's like, I know where you are, motherfucker. And yeah. I'm coming. Except it can't talk because it has no... Its I mean, mouth is uh, stapled shut. Well, it has to eat somehow. Look, I don't know. I'm just saying what the picture is. The picture, which is on page 168 of Mordor Tome of Foes, uh, depicts a very, very large round man or humanoid figure, I should say, with eyes and a mouth that seem to be stitched shut. 
and there's a cloud of, I guess, a cloud of vermin like flies That's or something disgusting. behind them. Ooh, smelly, saggy, smelly, saggy titties. I, I just wouldn't want to come across too many of these. Oh, no, and I don't want to draw it. <laughs> but <laughs> I chose to do it. So here we go. Uh, so I'm revisiting the Fire Newts and their new buddy, uh, the Giant Strider. Uh, this is a Fire Newt friend, and just as a reminder of those, they're heat seekers, so they get anything warm. They love volcanoes and hot springs. They're religious militants. They serve their god, Imex, the Prince of Evil Fire, and they'll do anything to praise him, whether that's casting fireball and burning things to the ground, or just capturing and enslaving people, because, you know, newts. Um, their buddies are these giant striders. They have a close relationship with this type of monster beast they believe Imex sent to aid them. Born by the creature's ability to send a gout of flame against distant enemies called giant striders, these mm, these monsters appear bird-like and reptilian. Sort of like birds. Um, <laughs> but are truly neither. Shit. Uh, fire needs provide shelter, food, and breeding grounds for their lair for giant striders. And the striders voluntarily serve as mounts for elite fire newt soldiers. So... With that in mind, this is important to note that this is just a mount. It has its own attacks. The fire newt on top of it acts separately. Cool. So it's got two attacks. You still roll initiative for the giant strider, but either way, it is a large monstrosity and is neutral evil because, you know, those bird lizards are always fucking with you. All birds are neutral evil, aren't they? I guess so. I don't know about lizards, but fuck a bird. I mean, don't, but you know what I meant. <laughs> uh, armor class, 14 for its natural armor because it's got hidey hide. Uh, its hit points are 22 or a maximum of 36. It has a speed of 50 feet, so it can haul ass. Mm -hmm. um, it has a strength of 18 at a plus 4, a dex of 13 at a plus 1, a con of 14 at a plus 2, an intelligence of 4 at a minus 3. Is it smarter than the Nibiru? No, no, it had a negative 4. This yeah. thing's smarter than that. Oh, it's, I'm not surprised. Oh, this bird's smarter than that thing. Uh, wisdom 12, a plus 1, charisma 6, minus 2. Uh, it is immune to fire because, I mean, a fire lizard sits on top of it its entire time. Uh, its senses are passive perception of 11. It knows no languages because it's a bird reptile. And uh, its challenge rating is a 1 for 200 XP. So it is capable of fire absorption. Isn't it delicious? <laughs> Please don't breathe near me. It smells weird. Uh, whenever the giant strider is subjected to fire damage, it takes no damage and regains a number of hit points equal to half the amount of fire damage dealt. So don't go throwing fireballs. Don't go throwing don't. fireballs. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Save uh, your spell slots. Save your spell slots. Throw lightning at it. Uh, <laughs> so its actions include fight, which uh, is a plus six to hit. It is a reach of five feet. It targets one creature, and it does 1d8 plus four for a maximum of 12 damage and an average of eight. And it is piercing damage because it has a sharp-ass beak on it. Um, lastly, it has fire burst, which recharges on a five and a six. The giant strudel hurls a strudel. That's a strudel. The giant strider hurls a gout of flame at a point in which it sees within 60 feet of it. Each creature in a 10-foot radius fuck sphere centered on that point must make a DC 12 dexterity saving throw. Take 14, 46 fire damage on a failed save or have as much on a successful one. The fire spreads around corners and ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't all being worn or carried. So this will really fuck it up. Do you think it can burp on itself and heal itself? Theoretically. I mean, theoretically, yes. I guess if it just depends. went up and then waited for it to fall down. That's gross. It is gross, but, I mean, impressive. 
Sorry for the well, the fire dude's immune to fire too, so nobody's getting hurt. <laughs> but at least the giant strider's healing itself. So um, it's not very well. It, it's very detailed in the book. I don't know if Jamie captured this in capturing the essence of this figure, oh, but it has tiny little wings on the side that aren't wings. They're just little like it looks like a creepy toe. See it, the creepy oh, yeah. toe. And I was I was looking and from a glance looking at the book, it looks like the fire newt's leg is that, but it is not because it doesn't match it. So it just holds its legs in and smashes them against its body to hold the fire newt on, which makes me chuckle because you can see its little leg right there, its little toesies. I figure it's like a chicken. Yeah, it's like a chicken. Yeah, chickens. Mm. Have you ever seen that video where they tried to make chickens and other birds walk like dinosaurs? No. Oh, it's great. They shoved these things on their tails, so they started walking very weird. Look it up. It's great. Google that shit. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. Now look at my nup nupperibo. You can't even say it. It's hard. <laughs> oh, my God. You're getting really good at this. It's a little chunky. It's super chunky. I just... Have you ever seen that game where you try to race across the floor by wiggling your legs back and forth? I'm sorry. You do what by what? It's like a Japanese game show or something, a Chinese game show, where you sit on the floor with like your legs at a 180 degree angle, and you like wiggle your thighs until you roll oh, across the floor. Yes. I imagine that's how it has to walk, because it could definitely not hold up its own legs, weight on its own legs. Oh no, his knees. He has no knees. They're gone. They're just cankle. Well, it's more like, um, there's really no separation between any part of their body. I love the detail on the folds. The shading that you the did is shading, remarkable. The um, I think I almost added a nipple. I didn't. It doesn't have nipples. I don't <laughs> think this lactates. But I, is it a mammal? Fuck, I is it a playable it, race in D and D Beyond? <laughs> I hope not. I um, really hope not. Oh god! Wouldn't that be fun to do like a whole campaign where your only goal was to rise up the ranks as devils? Hmm. Or demons? That would be interesting. Right? You're Someone get out. on that and let us know. Somebody write that because we're t- <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I had a friend today at work help me with stats. I was like, oh, hey, would you be interested in being like acknowledged somewhere for it or like anything like that? And he's like, I was like, nah, you don't have to do anything. Just host another D&D session. Like acknowledgement in a paper is so much easier than oh, planning God. a D&D session. It's like, yeah, let me wrangle you, mm. me, and three of our closest, busiest <laughs> friends. Twelve other people and have a party. Are you ready yeah. for your giant strider? Oh, I'm always ready. Bubbles burp straight into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> our audience doesn't want to miss out on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Open the fucking fire. Oh, ah. I like it. See, yours always come out cute and adorable, and mine come out ready to murder. Yours looks like it's ready to murder, but in fairness, I feel like it would murder anyway. And giant striders, I mean, they just like carrying fire newts on their backs. I fire guess. newts. I like your shading. You added some shading on the I tail, too. tried. It looks good. Because they have a white underbelly, is what I noticed. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that in the picture. But... You know, it's it's been worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've we've been worse. We do need to go back and redo our original drawings and you know, digital. You've said it, and I forget. I have them. At, I actually found a lot of them at home the other day. You took them. I thought they were here somewhere. Oh, I mean, there are a few of them. Some of them are here. I figured I would never find them again until I packed. Oh God! <laughs> One day, I like the beak. 
its eyes just seem like it has a twinkle of like, I'll love you, until it just goes and throws fire at you <laughs> at like a 60-foot distance. Trust in me. <laughs> I can see it in your eye. <laughs> I had to cut off its tail because I've realized tails are hard to draw, as are knees. What is on its tail? It does look like you broke its legs. But hey, it's, we're not I'm, great I artists. I struggle with uh, perspective that way, of like how to make it look like it's bending back without it looking like I broke its leg. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, if you're listening to this, we hope you are if you made it to the doodle part. Um, if you're <laughs> listening to this, let us know if you would be interested in a catalog of all of our shitty doodles. And if anybody wanted to print those and put them on their game tokens while they're using them in combat, oh my God, I hope send not. us a photo. You shouldn't. You're going to just be mocked <laughs> forever. Like, it would just not be pretty, but it would be funny as hell. If you just went through and redid the entire Dungeon Master the Monster Manual guide with personal doodles. Oh, God. Just our Dungeon Doodle. Oh, freaking hell. You're welcome. <laughs> Please do it. It would be funny. And send us we pictures. We should send it to Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Dearest Wizards of the Coast, attached are my doodles. There's a story of... Like, Please this. show them to your artists for a good laugh. Yeah. You're welcome. Let them know that they were our inspiration. <laughs> uh, there was this like six-year-old kid who used to fax pictures to his grandmother oh. like he would doodle them and fax it but he didn't understand how fax machines work uh-huh. so his dad would fax stuff to his boss or his office constantly full of scientists and every now and then this lab would just constantly get six-year-old kid drawings just Aww. coming in they hung them up like this is the best don't tell him we want to keep getting them i like to think that we could do that to wizards and just fax them not it's, email fax them shitty pictures of if our doodles. someone knows wizards of coast fax number i'm sure it's on the internet with a little digging we can find a fax number we just have to go back in time to the 1990s fax machine I just want to send a fax. I haven't sent a fax in forever. It took me forever to to learn how to use a fax machine. I always felt like I was doing it wrong. For anyone who's, uh, you know, what are they called now? Gen Zers, the newest It's a marketing ploy. Young. If you're young. If you're one of them youngins, uh, that was one of them newfangled doohickeys where it went through your telephone and you sent paperwork to each other. It was a very complicated process between a telephone, a copy machine, and a printer. Yeah, and now we just scan everything into PDFs and email them because yeah. it's faster than hearing a dial-up modem oh, call God. your document over. America. And God forbid it didn't send. Oh, it's the worst one it never sent. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so yeah, I think both of us had good drawings. I do like yours very much. Thank I think you. it captures the essence. The, <laughs> I don't want to touch any of that thing's oh, essence. No. You like my fart cloud above it? Well, it's supposed to be a swarm of... Pests. It's a fart cloud. It looks okay. like liquid diarrhea is hovering around this creature it looks at all like times. Texas from Fern Gully. Yes, but without. But then again, that was a toxic demonoid. So <laughs> and not obese. Well, I mean, he was pretty slimy. <laughs> uh, he does look like he'd be slimy. Yes, I think in the picture he's Definitely more like rigid, moist to the touch. <laughs> oh, you know he's gonna be moist. <laughs> too moist like just walked out of a sauna didn't air out his folds in that oh sauna <laughs> just didn't let anything breathe okay so here's a question if suppose you added this into your campaign what kind of treasure would you store between the folds Ooh, mm, mm, mm. i'm thinking a half-eaten sandwich 
half eaten sandwich, molded or dirty or brimstomey. There, <laughs> there would be definitely some vermin probably in there. Because, guys, I'm I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm just hating on this guy. But, no, it's it's a huge thing. Google it. Because it's it's Neparibo. And you'll see our our doodles and such soon. But, OMG, I would be terrified if this came at me. It's a medium creature, so it's at least, what, five, six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like it's a solid thousand pounds. Oh, it's got to be up there. It's so enormous. And... Its speed is only twenty, so its weight is what holds it back from being able to move so fast. So, yeah, oy vey. But great, great doodles. Thank you. It's got like a creepy like Borderlands mask. It's doing great. It's living its best life. So I have the magic item, and it's called the Book of Killing Jokes. Killing? Oh wait, no, no, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I've not seen that show. I heard it's good. The Book of Killing Jokes is a wondrous item. It's very rare and requires attunement. I have to enhance. Enhance. <laughs> it says, an old weathered joke book. Some of the text is humorous, but macabre. Uh, some is jumbled and downright indecipherable. After you've read this book, and so long as you keep it on your person, your sense of humor grows dark, and unlucky misfortune gives you a certain tingling pleasure. Mm. If you roll a one on a saving throw or attack, you suspect that some cruel twist of fate has befallen you. Roll a D100 to determine the effects. Mm. And it's uh, it's called One Bad Day on the D100. If it's a one through 50, there's no effect. It must just be some terrible joke. If it's 51 through 75, you giggle continuously as you gain advantage on your first attack per turn for one minute. After one minute, you become afflicted with one form of short-term madness from the madness table in the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is on page 259. Uh, 76 through 99, a state of hysterics washes over you. You see the truth, the futility of life in an uncaring world. You laugh maniacally as you become resistant to all damage for one minute. After one minute, you become afflicted with one form of long-term madness, which is on the, in the DMG, page 260. If you roll a 100, <laughs> if you roll a 100, you open your, your eyes open wide as something within you snaps. You become afflicted with one form of indefinite madness, which is in the DMG on page 260. If the next roll cast by anyone on any dice is a one, your madness also takes a malevolent turn. Your alignment becomes chaotic evil and the DM takes control of your character to spread havoc and murderous laughter in the world, you are free. Damn. <laughs> damn, damn. All right. Do you want to discuss what those madnesses could be? Uh, Sure. Right, look, what page is it on? Page 259 and 260. I'll be close. All right. So long-term madness or short-term? Um, they say there's three types. Short, long, and indefinite. Right. Um, Which one do you want to read? I don't know. I can't see what it looks like from here. Um, there's short-term madness lasts for one d ten minutes. Long-term madness effects last one d ten times ten hours. And then, lastly, indefinite madness is a flaw and lasts until cured. Oh wow! So how how do you cure it with a remove curse? Or? So a calm emotion spell can suppress the effects of madness, while a lesser restoration spell can rid a character of short-term or long-term madness. Depending on the source of the madness, remove curse or dispel evil might also prove effective. 
A greater restoration or more powerful magic is required to bring a character of indefinite madness. Okay, so greater re- greater restoration or, depending on what it was caused by, remove curse. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, let's just get a couple examples because I don't want to read the whole DMG. Do you want to read the worst case scenario? Yes, let's read worst right. case scenario. So for shirt, shirt, for shit term madness, short term madness, <laughs> the worst case scenario of rolling a 91 to 100 on a D100 is the character just falls unconscious. Oh. Just straight up just goes, Poop, I'm dead. Nope. Not dead. They're unconscious. So for uh, long term or indefinite, which would you like? Uh, let me, I'll just go right to long term. Okay. Um, on a 96 to 100 in the long-term madness, the character falls unconscious. No amount of jostling or damage can wake the character. So I'm guessing in the short term, you can just like kick them awake. I guess they're just passed out. They have to be woken up. Yeah. And what's the indefinite long-term? Um, hold on. Oh, is it not great? Uh, 96 to 100 on indefinite madness says, I discovered that I really like killing people. Oh, <laughs> That's same. what it says. <laughs> I discovered that I really... It said, oh, these are flaws. Let's please read all these flaws. Okay. 1 to 15, being drunk keeps me sane. 16 to 25, I keep whatever I find. 26 to 30, I try to become more like someone else I know, adopting his or her style of dress, mannerisms, and name. 31 to 35, I must bend the truth, exaggerate, or outright lie to be interesting to other people. 36 to 45, achieving my goal is the only thing of interest to me and I'll ignore everything else to pursue it. 46 to 50, I find it hard to care about anything that goes on around me. 51 to 55, I don't like the way people judge me all the time. 56 to 70, I am the smartest, wisest, strongest, fastest, and most beautiful person I know. (laughs) 71 to 80, I am convinced that powerful enemies are hunting me and their agents are everywhere I go. I am sure they're watching me all the time. 81 to 85, there's only one person I can trust, and only I can see this special friend. <laughs> that one's good. Oh, my. 86 to 95, I can't take anything seriously. The more serious the situation, the funnier I find it. Those are great. Wow. And those are all marked as flaws, which become added to your character. Yeah, so you would take this with you on the long way out. Oh, that's fun. That's very fun. Um, uh, who made this uh, item? I will look real quick. Vecna is my co-pilot. Correct. That's uh, underscored between those words. Found that on Pinterest. I hope you're doing well with Vecna as your co-pilot. I mean, that's I'm a, concerned for you. That's a pretty good item, though. I think. Yeah. The the benefits are pretty great. You know, you get that ah expand. Enhance. <laughs> Enhanced. You get that immunity to damage for a whole minute. Yes. So I'm like. It's a hard thing not to take. Does it improve anything passively? Um, if you no. roll one. All right, so nothing adds to it. It's just you get some weird benefits to it. Yeah, you just have to roll the D100. No. And see what happens. Now, getting that 100 would hurt my soul because then your character goes mad but then and you you'll probably die. As an enemy in the future. You can technically cure it, but you have to get to that person and the DM takes over. Yeah, that's very true. So be wary when you use items like this because I would be sad if my character got taken away with madness over the book. So it's one of those things you definitely have to make them know that, let them know somehow that there's a real risk. And it's, it's not a cursed item, so technically you tell them everything. It's not considered a cursed item. That's true. Um, all right. 
So, uh, now we are going to discuss our uh, DM tip for the day. Just a tip. Thank you. I'm glad you do that every so, because I forget sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, today I'm going to be talking about um, checking your character sheets. This seems kind of like everybody's common sense. Let's just say common sense. And um, one of the downsides to this, especially if you have a large table of people, uh, you should check it because there's some chances that they've done maybe a few calculations wrong. Maybe they've um, not really understood how their skills work. So it's really beneficial when they gain a new skill, especially if they're new players, to go through, oh yeah, you earn this, it's from the book. Or I find when characters are leveling up, there are some major things that you need to check. For example, if they hit on a, every four levels, they can gain an ability score improvement or a feat. On an ability score improvement, you need to make sure that they adjust all of their calculations, all of yes. their skills and attacks. Make sure if their con goes up, they're checking their hit points and updating that as well. Because remember, it retroactively applies to all of your levels. So you can just automatically bump those up by one point for every level. Yep. Which is very nice. It is very nice. Um, I see spell attacks, spell DCs, and stuff often change whenever you make it a level advancement. As well as cantrips, depending on which level it is. So they need to be aware with their spells and their cantrips. What are they using, what level they are, and how does it impact it? So I believe level 5 is when cantrips double, and at level 11 they triple. And I think 17 or 18 they quadruple from the initial value. So it's really handy to have those numbers down pat. Um, one thing that I find particularly difficult is when a player has a subclass from another book. Oh, yeah. And you've got to use the standard player's guide and then whatever external book source or additional book source you're using to figure out what your um what your changes are so you might see uh class changes in the player's handbook and then an update again in the uh subclass so normally in the player's handbook it'll say like subclass feature or class feature yeah. that's where you need to cross reference those so definitely if you're starting up you know all it's always a good idea just to have an extra copy of a player's sheet just in case if they're out if um for whatever reason, it's always good to have extra copies of everybody's sheets. And then as they advance in levels, you want to give them a good once over because you do get some classes get a ton of shit at some levels. And for new players, it's hard to keep everything straight and remember all the math that you have to do. And sometimes their numbers can be really wrong. Oh, so wrong. Yeah. I had a barbarian who didn't know that when they raged, they did extra damage. That happens a lot. You just forget it in the in the hustle and yeah. bustle of everything. And sometimes if you're using hand-drawn, not hand-drawn, but hand-filled sheets, it's really difficult to keep track of everything. I recommend anybody writes their character sheet in pencil. If you're using pen, you're a madman and you should be watched. Um, yes, you're a sociopath and we need to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and so make sure you're being careful with that. Have them write in pencil. D&D Beyond is a great uh, asset for that. And if that, you can get it, yeah. You get it. It's whether or not you really want to pay for it. That's uh, that being the, the key. <laughs> yeah, I bought the books. I feel like I can make my own character sheets. Um, but I'm very tempted by it every day when I look through and be like, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to find the third book you have to find a dumb spell in. Um, keep an eye on spells too. Um, mainly, what are they able to use? So at I believe it's um, let's see, at level seven you get fourth level spells. So I believe the way the spell calculation works is that your level plus one divided by two is your spell class you can get, or your spell level you can cast. I'm going to take your word for it. Well, you get... 
Now I'm questioning it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Because at fifth level, you get third level spells, which is five plus one is six divided by two. Indeed it is. That is math. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Whenever your characters hit those milestones, they're going to gain new spells. You need to understand how they're doing it. I find that something you have to be very careful with, with wizards and other characters that get their spells early on, mm-hmm. there are requirements and rules for when they drop a spell, add a spell, or change anything. For a wizard, they can pick from certain spell slots that they have. Some people will be like, I'm making a level 10 wizard, which means I have access to what level spells? I don't know. Five. Nine plus one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so they get fifth level spells at level nine. So with that, um, what you look at is one, if they're level ten and they're making all picking all their spells, you might see them pick up a lot of extra high level spells that would they would have never had access with unless they dropped lower level ones. Mm-hmm. And so there's that kind of power dynamic of what are they picking and they have to be careful. It's always good just to have, especially I know a lot of parties do um milestone mm-hmm. leveling and that's really good just when when you have that milestone ask a quick around the table do you know what you're going to do with this level especially if it's a transition level like fourth or eighth um if they're going to take another class if they're thinking of that always make sure that everyone's on the same page and that no one is becoming too op because you don't want that in your campaign you don't want anyone to just level up and be like some complete badass and take over the commentary Yes, um, be aware of multi-classing. There are very specific rules with that. I think that would be a good DM tip later to kind of go over. Um, also, be aware of those min-max players. Um, we have a friend who does that. He's like, I'm a shadow monk and rogue, and I could just pop in and out of existence constantly and punch everything and run away. And that's terrifying for you when you have a lot of weird skills at one point, I think they just ended up casting darkness where no one else can see and just fucked off up a staircase and didn't help anybody. I don't. I, me- I remember what you're talking about, but I don't. I don't know what the logistics behind that were. Darkness, but fucking people. Over. But we we do have some friends who do that, and if that's your method, then you know more live. power to you, but not too much power to you. Yes, everyone needs to be involved. Yeah, you need to be balanced. I would suggest if you're a new DM. I would suggest in session zero, you make characters together. And anytime you know your players are about to reach a milestone or enough experience to level up, I would suggest you go through and say, hey, we're leveling up. What's your plan? Are you multi-classing? Are you doing this? Let's go ahead and prep that and write it on your character sheet and always have blank copies of character sheets. If you can just print them off yourself, do that. It'll save you so much time in the future, especially when a character dies and you have to make another one. Um, With all that in mind, I would say... Check the sheets. Make sure the players are doing it right. I would also recommend you help them with the calculations of proficiencies just as kind of a, hey, your proficiency bonus went up. You need to bump that number up as well. Keep that in mind. Make sure your players aren't screwing themselves or screwing you. In that case, they're not rolling too high because they did a miscalculation that ended up in their favor or they're calculating too low and not adding the proper modifiers. Yeah. And it's just going to keep everyone on track, keep everyone moving forward. And so you're involved if they take a feat, if they decide something else. You know from the get-go, you can add it to... I know RDM, she keeps a folder of everyone else's player character. So if one of us is out and I know that another party member has a certain spell or ability, we can still use that because we have their numbers available. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have somebody else Jaeger your character with a slight homebrew modification of... If they die, shit happens and they don't die when they're not there. 
<laughs> that's a policy for me. A player who is not theirs character can't die if it's they not can't, a very serious long-term they can't, campaign. Um, have negative things happen to him that's what i say like if they know the mending spell and i need to fix something i will use them them for the mending spell but if they, if we're in combat they cannot get hurt anymore. yeah you're not shoving them in the front lines unless their class is meant to do that you're not going wizard you can tank that ogre right no <laughs> they can't they never can don't don't do that to the wizard <laughs> the squishy squishy wizard so keep up with your sheets, review those numbers, don't be afraid to ask questions about what people have, making sure everybody's math is right and everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So while uh, she's sipping that sweet, sweet Arizona Southern style tea. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> trying not to vomit. Uh, let's talk about where you can find us on the internet. You found us now, so you know where to find our, pod- find our podcast. Interwebs. Interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be found on the internet at Sweet Tea and D&D, all one word. Mm-hmm. All separate words if you're looking on podcatchers, but all one word if you're looking on social media. Yep. That's We're Facebook. On- Facebook. Face- ah, yes. Is that Facebook. Is that causing a stroke? Yeah. Uh, oh, sh- that- shut up. <laughs> Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can find us there. Reach out to us. Nag us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us you love us. Don't tell us you hate us. We'll cry. Uh, tell us you think we're pretty, even though you've never seen our faces. Uh, you'll, you'll find our dungeon doodles. You'll find our magic item. And, memes. Uh, so many memes. So many memes on our social media. And yeah. Yeah. So, Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.